One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome on back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmarko. With me, as always, my compatriot, my cohort, Mike Anderson. How are we doing? Well, you know, trying to get through this hot weather. Um, getting excited for some Vikings football. Honestly, just ready for August to go by and get into the fall time here. My favorite season. Yeah, we uh, we made it through the off season where we officially have football back in the schedule. They're practicing now. Uh, veterans reported this past Friday, um, so always a good time when we got some some Vikings football and and things start to come together. Teams start to do their installs, and we get uh, we get rolling, man. It's it, it's it's an exciting time for for football fans. First little taste we've had of it for quite a while. Um, <clears throat> So we go go a little bit around the week and kind of see what we uh, what kind of storylines are developing the first week or so of camp here, um, and we can kind of go from there. So we got a couple holdouts to talk about. I'm uh, probably going to talk about Melvin Gordon. Um, thoughts on this one, Mike? I mean, I I know he's he wants to get paid like one of those premier running backs, but with some of these guys that just come in and and replace like you know, uh, Connor did last year for for Pittsburgh, like is this going to be effective for the guys? No, I think. Honestly, for me, there's there's two sides to this, right? Um, and you're part of the reason that I have the the one side is, you know, I believe this is the the back half of his rookie deal, correct? The the last year essentially coming up here. I think uh, his rookie yeah. deal. I think so. Yeah. So like, right. you know, I think you're nailing it right with the running backs. We saw last year James Conner come in for Le'Veon Bell and really that offense didn't miss much of a beat. Um, I think you're seeing less and less running backs being taken in the first round. You're seeing running back become more of, um, I don't know, more of a commodity where it's almost a plug and play. Um, You get someone athletic that can run behind a good line and hang under the football. Um, Just not as, as, I don't know, not, not as dynamic anymore. It used to be, um, you know, running backs were those, those main guys you paid, you wanted them around even back not long ago with Adrian Peterson. But I think now you're understanding that that value um, or that, that money, I should say, is, is perhaps spent better elsewhere. Um, so I don't blame, you know, the likes of Gordon. I believe uh, that Dallas, I think Zeke's uh, entertaining doing the same deal, uh, I thought I read. So I don't blame them for trying to get some money here, especially early on, um, because, you know, running backs hit that 30 mark and, you know, there's just not a lot of time to earn it where some of these other position players can play a little bit longer and, and maybe uh, earn a little bit more money over their career. Right, and, and running back is obviously a position where you're taking a lot of beating. Um, but, I mean, just, just like you said there, I think the realization is, has come forth that if you have a good scheme, you have good players in the scheme and you're executing it properly, it doesn't much matter if you have a top-tier running back or a mid-tier guy as long as he, like you said, as long as he can um, run behind that line and secures a football. So um, 
it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I could easily see him holding out the entire year. I don't think he's going to get one of the big contracts like the couple that have that have gone through. But you know, you never know what happens. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, um, and I, I think a, a unique aspect to this is that um, you know, I the Chargers last year were a team I picked to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think it's even more popular of a pick this year, right? They're, that defense should be healthy. They weren't really healthy at all last year. Um, you still have a Rivers playing at a high level, and, you know, Gordon's a big piece of that. So uh, you've got to imagine that in-house they're looking to get a deal done. I think I saw they're um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 to $3 million a year off. Um, so is it something where – they have to bite the bullet and, and maybe overpay in their mind for a couple of years just to make sure that they keep everything together. Or I don't know. It'll it'll really be interesting to see how this plays out. And I don't have a gut feeling one way or the other on which way it's going to go. Yeah, and, and we might not get resolution anytime soon because it's not like he needs um, camp reps. So um, right. We'll keep a pulse on that. Uh, next one that happened just recently here is AJ Green seems to have torn a couple ligaments in his yep. ankle taking them out six to eight weeks and ankle injury with a wide receiver, that could be even more, just a leg and yeah. injury. Um, so, yeah, tough tough sweating for those guys. Um, any thoughts here beyond the obvious? No, um, I think, you know, A.J. Green, you feel bad for the guy. It's just someone that can't st- can't seem to stay healthy. Um, you know, the Bengals as well have, have kind of been locked into mediocrity for years and years there. So, um, it's certainly not the way they want to get the season going, but um, it does sound like it could have it could have been worse. Uh, sounds like maybe six to eight weeks. They're not expecting him to be ready for week one, um, but it sounds like he should be back. You know, probably in September. So uh, I guess you know maybe you just uh, just be happy that it's not as bad as it could have been. But also be cautious because it, it still could be one of those in- injuries that just sits oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah. A um, couple of surprise releases in the NFC North. Uh, we had Mike Daniels being released by Green Bay, um, signing with Detroit, and then the same move they signed Mike Daniels, they released yeah. Kyle Riddick, um, which apparently the Vikings are interested in. Kind of a running back train coming from Detroit to Minnesota there if that happens. Um, so yeah, Daniels was a surprise, I think, at least to me. Um, I know I talked to uh, our resident. Um, are we calling him a friend to the uh, East who will come on the show from time to time? Acquaintance. Wait, yes. Um, I, yeah. I spoke with him right when the news broke, and he was shocked. Um, and so I think you know there were probably quite a few Green Bay fans that, that you know didn't necessarily see this this move coming. Um, I mean, I personally, I like it because I, I still think Daniels is a pretty damn good player. But um, I, I wish he went to sign with Detroit because now he's still right, in the division. We're playing him twice. Right. Here. No, I mean, and, and again, we've we've touched on it here for the last few shows. Detroit is a team. I know you're not as high as I am, but it, it's a team that you really you're not going to be able to go in week week in week out and sleep on. Um, and I know you can't really do that with anyone in the NFL, but I think Detroit is going to be. Um, sneaky good this year, uh, you know that. In, in, until Detroit stops doing Detroit things, I mean, I'm not really going to believe fine. them. That's fine. But um, yeah, yeah, interesting move. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Riddick being released. It sounds like the Vikings have expressed some interest. Um, I think there's obviously some other teams that also expressed interest. 
uh, good pass catching back that, um, you know, if, if the price is right and, and we need the depth, you know, they might entertain it. So, uh, yeah, just an interesting, interesting moves within the division. Yep. Um, last quick little topic here. Um, Giants have had some bad luck after trading away yeah. OBJ. Um, Corey Coleman lost with an ACL. Sterling Shepard with a thumb injury. Now, um, apparently, as you told me before the show here, it doesn't seem to be as bad as they thought, but that's still it's not a good sign. And then Golden Tate suspended for four games. Um, they're having some issues now that they don't have OBJ anymore. So Yeah. Uh, maybe possible landing spot for Treadwell if their well runs dry. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? The the contact would be there. Um, you know, I I would probably pick up the phone. I've seen quite a bit of uh, Vikings Twitter. You know, who for the most part would love to get rid of Treadwell. Um, you know, I've seen them express that that desire. And uh, as no. Yeah. Un- unconventional, unconventional trade proposal here. What if, what if we were to say we'll give you a six round pick and Treadwell just to get him off our books? Uh, I mean, again, I I think that right now Treadwell just for the fans and and you know I'm not sure inside with the team what that dynamic looks like, but certainly the fans are ready to move on. Um, you have to imagine Treadwell is probably ready to move on. I know we've heard in the past that he kind of seems like an outlier at times. Um, and so maybe, maybe this is the move. I would probably be okay with that. Uh, personally, I still think that there's some talent there that if he can put it together, you know, he could still contribute as, as a, um, you know, a third receiver on a team and, and probably have a few more years left in the league. But uh, ultimately that's going to be up to him. You're, you're four though. You're running out of time. No, I know, but I'm, I'm still, Again, I'm not saying he's he's turning into uh, you know probably a, a one or two receiver by any means, but um, I still think that uh, there's probably some gas left in the tank for him to be motivated to figure it out, and maybe he just needs uh, needs that change of scenery. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Could be. So we'll see how that breaks down. Um, there'll be some other little things pop up here and there in the off season here about the the wide receiver battle, and we'll see how that shakes out, if he's actually able to turn it on and secure that job, or if he gets unseated and he's sitting there on the roster bubble. Cross the bridge when we get there. But going into specifically the Vikings camp, Mike, we have kicker watch and we have holder watch 2019. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are we missing kicks? It's okay. Why? It's the the first day or two of camp. No, all right. We're missing kicks. There's new holders. Do we miss it's thirty yard right kicks? It's like a tornado that just touched down a little bit north of here. I think. Figure it out. It's a thirty yarder. I'm I'm fine. I'm not worried. And listen, if if, if you're listening, you, to this, you said that every year. You said that every year. You listen, weren't worried about it, and every year it's come back. It to didn't bite. really bite us last year. Bullshit. We we tied a game because of it. we missed the playoffs I, okay, because post of the freaking Carlson. You know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't be worried about missed kicks in July, all right? Yeah, we're moving to August, maybe a little bit, if it starts to become a trend. But honestly, all I care about when we get to September, we get to Sundays, it's when okay. I get those two. But if you're, not, if you're not worried about it now, you're worried about it in late August. Now all of a sudden you have like a week I'm not worried about Bailey. He's a, he's a veteran kicker. He's, he's made some big kicks. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Not worried about it. When's the last time you made big kicks? Uh, he had a couple clutch kicks last year for us. I think Maybe. so. Yeah. 
All right, Mike's not worried. I'm concerned. This is not going. This is not going well. We're trying out different holders because apparently we can't hold it properly for the guy. Listen, it's early. It's early. It's not. It's not. It's not settling, man. It's. It's more of the same old. Also, do you get like a push alert when Dan Bailey misses a kick? Because I feel like. All of a sudden, I get a text message. Bailey just missed randomly throughout the day. I don't like how are. What is your source for these missed kicks? I have my little birds okay. out there. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving on from the kicking conversation because uh, clearly you don't agree with me that this is an no. issue. So we'll circle back to that. I'm sure in the weeks to, to come because it's 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 not going away. Um, We'll go. We'll go with some offense, yeah, Mike. Let's do it. You got here your your first note here. Emergence of I do. I do. What do you know? I know that he's emerged. Uh, no. Uh, so <laughs> we circle back because uh, Treadwell, I believe, last year coming out was that main um receiver, and, and you know, BB was kind of uh, somewhat out gathered a fair amount of excitement. Right? And I think both of you and I liked him. Um, relatively quick when he got the ball, but just great hands. And I, I think it sounds like he's he's probably the front runner right now uh, to be that third receive that third receiver. So um, you sure. know, I just I think that's I know we mentioned on the last show or, or the show before that some of the things we wanted to watch in training camp, and um, it was going to be how the how the receivers shake out. And I think that's still going to be something we're going to want to pay attention to, um, but. It sounds like um, from from the people that have been going to camp so far, uh, certainly looks like the Vikings are expecting DB to potentially uh, be that third receiver um, coming out here on uh, you know whatever September eighth I think is is maybe game one. So interesting. That's that's one of those things where it's, it's very telling what they do in the yeah. preseason with, with some of those games where um, you'll kind of see where they try to shift guys in and. Um, where they try to get guys reps with the ones in that kind of case. Yep. So, um, yep. and I think it, you know with BB, it's going to come down. We've seen you know he's a he's a great route runner, right? It's and it makes sense um, coming from the family that he does. So, uh, just a really elite route runner. And when you've got Thielen and Diggs as well, um, guys that he can learn from, I think uh, you know just a great opportunity for him to potentially emerge here. Um, and you just got to stay healthy, as we say with pretty much every receiver. Um, but We'll see yep. what he can do. Yep. Side note: uh, Zimmer was was noted as saying he was not impressed with the rookie wide receivers and what they were uh, doing in camp the last couple of days. So, sounds like they need to step it up. Otherwise, they uh, they could be on the bubble sure. themselves. Um, next point here: we got Garrett Bradbury coming in, and apparently he's uh, had some good one-on-one snaps, been mauling some people. Um, Looking good. I, I've I've heard mixed reviews of Elf Line. So, can what are we thinking here with this interior line? Well, I, I think we're all uh, collectively holding our breath and just. I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, you know, I think I've heard the same thing. Bradbury, uh, Bradbury's looking great. Um, had some, uh, you know, fantastic one-on-one uh, situations and just coming coming in really professional, ready to rock. Um, you're hearing all the right things, right? But I, I feel like that a little bit of that is cliche as you go into camp with some of these high-end rookies. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, uh, you know, for me, the concern is definitely um, still probably more on, on Reef 
uh, versus that interior piece. But I guess I guess the fact yeah. that you're talking interior, I'm talking on the edges. You know, again, it's it's that whole breath holding thing that hopefully they get it figured out um, and they can just be middle of the road at a minimum. You know, that's that's really all we need, I think. Right, and the only reason why I don't bring up Reef in that same breath is because Reef is what Reef is going to be. We kind of know that. We know what to expect from that. We we get a consistent product there. So that's really not where I think a lot of the eyes are going to be looking. It's going to be at how does Elfline handle that transition? How does Bradbury come in as a first-year guy? And like I said, from all reports, from talking about or Kirk Cousins talking about him um, and the kind of rapport they're, they're trying to develop, it's all signs are pointing do good things for Bradbury going forward. And yeah. That's encouraging no, to see. I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get, I'm going to try to get to camp here, actually, I think, soon. Um, perhaps you can join me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited to, to watch him, and I think uh, you already have the jersey, so I know you're excited to watch him. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year with the, the O-line. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this yep. thing develops. Um Walking on through, healthy Delvin Cook, looking sharp in camp. What 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 are we excited Everything. about here, Mike? Um, I saw. I don't know those of you that listen to the show. If you follow us on Twitter, um, you know I'm a big fantasy football guy, and I know that that's a it's a separation of, of what we do here for the most part. But um, just talking with with some of the guys online, and I, I think Delvin legitimately has a chance to be a top top three running back from a fantasy football perspective, which means in real-time production, you know, he's going to probably run for over a thousand yards. He's going to get a lot of catches. Um, and I think he's going to score some touchdowns. So uh, I, I mean, that if Bradbury's where your focus is, mine is Dalvin. I'm just incredibly excited to hopefully have a full healthy season of Dalvin Cook. I, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Um, we've seen it. We've seen glimpses of it. And if he can just have an entire season, I think it's going to be eye-opening how good of a running back he is. I, I think I agree completely. And your main point there is, is pretty key. If he can stay yeah. healthy all year. Now, going into this, as long as I treat him right in the camp and understand that he doesn't need to get all these reps so he can kind of keep his wear a little bit light while still preparing for that, that full contact, I, I think we'll be in good shape. Because I, I don't really want to risk him all that much. Um, Based on the history, you want to try to keep that tread as light as you can until you actually get to the season. So we'll see how he holds up. But uh, right behind him, you have Alexander Madison, who's been looking pretty strong in camp as well. Yeah, no, he's uh, everything I've heard there is, again, uh, just a strong runner, which I think is what we're looking for, right? Um, you know, again, I think you mentioned if you haven't checked out his backstory, it's definitely worth doing. Uh, but just, man, I, it's just total excitement. Um, I, I think we're going to get into it here more and more. We're going to start doing uh, more and more shows, but I can just, I mean, I can tell you're excited. I'm excited. You can feel the energy everywhere, social media. You talk to people around town. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm hoping it's shaping up for just a really great year. Yeah, I can't remember exactly who it was that was interviewed, but they were talking about uh, in camp this year when they were going against the offense, and it's been drastically different from years prior where um, yeah. they were they were fooled a good bit, and, and they didn't really know exactly what was happening or what the offense was going to be doing based on the shifts and movements and, and packages they were in. Um, 
which if you can get that from the Zimmer defense that they're being confused with how good they are, you got to think that's a good sign for, for the scheme and for what we're doing um, offensively with the play calls. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think um, I've, I've heard multiple people or multiple players, I should say, come out and just say, um, you know, you're starting to actually build around what the players do well um, and not try to force right. the system in. And, and you've heard players um, are a lot more comfortable. And it's not to say that this offense is moving back a step. Um, if you haven't seen uh, Cousins, I think, sent out a picture of the playbook, um, and it looked like four Bibles stacked together. Uh, so it's still right. it's still going to be <laughs> an advanced offense. I think they're just trying to focus on the things that, um, you know, the pieces we have here do well, which is what you should do. And we, we touched on that last year many, many weeks, um, feeling that the offense they were trying to run last year was just being forced. Um, right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's – it's exciting, man. It's only July, but uh, September can't get here soon enough. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's roll right in from that offense into the defense here. Um, first thing, your favorite topic to top, talk about. I know that any time this comes up on Twitter, you're just like you're jumping on it. You just love talking about it, and you love the conversations that are revolving around it. Holton Hill suspended for an additional four games. Yep. Like, yes. What? What do we do? The sky's falling, Mike. We don't have any cornerbacks. We're going to be screwed. Just, it's like the guy came what out we, of what are we gonna the guy do? last year, for the most part, kind of came out of nowhere. It was a surprise in camp. Great surprise. Makes the team. Helps us out. Okay, he's suspended eight games. There's talk that maybe he doesn't make the team. Guess what? We're going to move on. You're going to find a guy to come in and replace. And, and you're right. Everyone right. is acting like the sky is falling. What are we going to do? And... I don't understand the effort that's being put into these conversations and how people are doing it. But, um, yeah, Hill, another four games. I think I tend to be on your side of things where if it's not costing us, I know we're going to talk about that here momentarily. Um, if he can just yeah. sit there for free, unless Zim is just like, no, we're moving on, this is a culture thing, whatever, I think why wouldn't you just leave him there? Uh, because you don't know what could happen in these eight weeks. You could have another couple guys drop like flies, and then you really do maybe need him to step in. So. Exactly, and that, that's where I'm at with it, because I think if they were going to cut him, he'd be gone already. He wouldn't be on the team yeah. anymore. He wouldn't be at practice. Yeah, he'd be gone. You'd have someone else point. in. So they have to be going in it with the mindset of, okay, A, the first four games, they already dealt with that, right? They already dealt with that internally. They, they, they figured that out. The second, I don't know if there's a clarification. I don't ever remember seeing one of what the second four games was for, if it was for uh, performance enhancing again or if it was for um, – abuse. I, I don't recall in seeing where that was. So if it's for PEDS again, okay, and they, they feel like they've already dealt with it internally and they can trust them going forward or they have steps in place to try and affect them going forward, then you keep him on the roster until you get to week nine. And if he's still, if you feel he's still better than that 53rd man, then you bring him in. Regardless, on the suspended list, you don't count against the roster. You, you're not paying him, so he doesn't count against your cap. There is virtually zero reason to cut him unless you feel he's a very bad influence on your team. Yeah. And he's worth a 90-man roster right. spot. No. I... So, like, like you said, you keep him around just in case the sky completely falls apart and you lose, like, three cornerbacks and you absolutely need someone who knows the system and has played decently well in it. Yep. No, I... I mean, I don't even think I need to add any insight right there because that's you're, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, 
it's it's so straightforward. I don't know. Like like I'm with you. I don't understand why it's such a huge soccer, but I guess it is. Um, moving on uh, to a couple issues that might actually come up to to affect this yeah. team. Deshaun Bauer torn Achilles. I believe this was a non-football injury, but tore his Achilles um, prior to camp or the first week of camp outside of practice, what have you. So he's going to be out for probably the yeah. whole year. And this is a guy that we kind of saw taking a more of a rotational role from Griff and trying to keep Griff fresh. So now the leaves us kind of a, with a lack of depth on the D end scene. So how do we address that? Right. And, and I, I don't know. Um, I know we, we touched on when we kind of went through the 53 um, some of the different options on maybe getting creative, whether that be, um, you know, like a Julio Johnson or um, just some of these, some different looks. Uh, but now knowing that Bauer, you're automatically, you know, you're out for the year. I don't even think it's a question like he's out for the year, right? A torn Achilles is yeah. um, a, a substantial injury. So. It's, I, I think it's at least six to eight months just to heal and then whatever else you need physical therapy to get that muscle yeah. back. So, you know, do I think the sky is falling? No, but, um, you know, I think that it's something that they now might need to go get a guy. Um, it, it sounded like they had interest in uh, potentially put a call in on Daniels and, in you know, the cap obviously comes into all of this as we talk about any potential additions. I don't know right now. I think it's too early to tell if you need to go out and get another player. Um, but it ultimately might be uh, the route that they have to go, um, depending on how things shake out in camp and if anybody else gets hurt. That's that's the other thing people have to keep in mind here is that as much as we want everyone to come out healthy, unfortunately, we're probably going to lose another player, uh, maybe two, for a substantial amount of time, right? We, you see it every year with almost every team. Right. So. Um, I think you got to kind of see where the, the rest of the, the chips fall. Um, but I guess to answer your question right now, I'm not really sure how, the, how they get around that. And, I mean, one thought is you look at what Barr um, is potential to do, and he can line up on that edge yeah. spot. So maybe that takes some of your pressure off there. Maybe all of a sudden now you work in a bit more of that package. Maybe you were planning to do it sparingly, but now with, with Bauer out, Maybe that becomes more of your rotational type yeah. package. You, you put them up on the line that takes up that that edge spot. Everson can come out. You know, it's exactly no. I, that's where I uh, I think it's early enough. Um, you know, they might have to rather, rather have it happen now than in six weeks right up against exactly. The yep. All right. Nothing else on Tashawn Bauer, so let's move on to Mike Hughes. Now, I want to preface this with an explanation of kind of what these designations are, because I just said non-football injury. Um, that designation is similar to like an IR type designation, where you actually don't have to pay him, and that's the difference. Because it's a non-football injury, you do not actually have to pay that player, because it happened outside of football activities. However... Very rare that that actually happens, so I would I would expect that to have similar cap implications um, as any other player. Uh, I think the most recent most recent instance of this was Sharif Floyd, where we paid him I think half salary when he was um, on the NFI for the couple of years after his botch surgery. Regardless, so there, there's not going to be a bunch of cap savings because of that. Next designation is physically unable to perform. Now Mike Hughes was placed on this list 
on the camp pup list. The reason why this is important, because this opens up the option to put him on that for the regular season, which is different from IR, which um, is a lock until week eight. That's what IR does, right? It's an eight-week lock. If you put him up there at the start of the season, he's locked there. If you put him on the pup list, you have six weeks where he cannot practice, and then after that he's eligible to return within the next six weeks. Okay. So pup is a lot more flexible of a designation. And for a guy like Hughes who's coming off the ACL, which I think he suffered in, what, week five or something last year? Um, yeah, we, we were at that game, weren't we? Uh, no, no, we were at the game where he got the, the pick six. I don't think he got injured there, did he? Yeah, maybe we weren't at that one. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was probably right around week five. So what this does is what, what the, the camp pup allows them to do is they can still practice. However, if you're not placed on the camp pup, you cannot be placed on the regular season pup. So that's the reason why this designation happened. Um, he still comes towards a 90-man roster right now. But... If he gets a setback in the camp and he can't go week one, if if it looks like he can't go until like week five or six, then they could easily just regular season pop him. He comes off the roster, and then we can activate him anytime in the next six weeks. So it gives, it gives the Vikings a lot more flexibility to deal with Hughes and to get him back to 100% before we actually put him on the roster. So do you think, I mean, just the move that they make here, um, what are your thoughts? Is Mike Hughes going to be ready to rock week one? Or do you, I guess maybe the better question is, do you think the Vikings are thinking that he's going to be ready to go week one? Um, I don't necessarily think it's it's one way or the other, okay. honestly. Because it's covering their bases. They understand that sometimes you have a setback late in the recovery from an ACL, right? And sometimes it's it takes eight, nine months, and you're ready to go again. I mean, look at Adrian Peterson. He's He's probably the prime example of... The, the short short timetable right. of that, yeah, you um, yeah. and Hughes, yeah, and, and Hughes, by the time the season starts, he'll be on like month 10 or 11. So if you get towards the mid-range slash earlier section of it, and you think he's going to be good to go by week one or two, then you don't pup him. You put him on the roster, you remove the pup tag at the end of camp, and you're good to go. However, if he has a setback or um, he just doesn't feel like he's conditioned enough or ready to go by the time regular season starts, it just gives them an extra option because there's, as far as I understand it, there are not any additional limitations for that player while in camp with that designation. They can still practice, they can still attend meetings, they can still do all that sure. kind of stuff. Okay. So, it, it, it just, to me, it, it's just a cautious move for them just covering their bases if he should uh, suffer a setback or re-injury of something. Okay. Well, it's always it's good to hear you know those different breakdowns from you. I know that's kind of the wheelhouse. So um, I've seen quite a few questions on on Twitter about that, and um, just good to get that cleared up. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's not the most clear system at the first face value read of it. So it it definitely takes a, a little bit of digging into and understanding exactly what they right, what they mean. Right. But. Just on that note, so it could be possible that we walk into the season without Mike Hughes, without Houghton Hill for at least the first six weeks. Where's our depth coming from, Mike? Right, and that's why I think the guys that consistently say, oh, you know, well, look, Zim, you can never have enough DBs. You're starting to see how easy it is to lose those those defensive backs. Um, 
and all of a sudden you might be down to like shells you know that was our worst case scenario the last year um or two at least in my mind was um you know all of a sudden having him come in and have to line up against the wrong guy uh and def defenses right. attack that so um yeah i mean that they, they've got some issues that they need to figure out here uh to certainly um you know fill some of these holes that uh, already exist and potentially might get a little bit bigger depending on how things shake out. And I think the good news is, is you got, uh, like I said, you got you got specialists in Zim, in uh, in Gray, and in, in all those guys developing these DBs. And you're sitting there with a pretty decent stable. You got Xavier Rhodes, who maybe is on a little bit of a decline, but he's still one of the top cornerbacks in the league. You got Trey Wayne, who has um, solidly improved the last few years. Alexander Mack, who has had had a really great last season. Um, J. Ron Curse, who was playing some nice money backers slash nickel cornerback. You got plenty of guys there that have experience, and then you got the new stable that they're bringing up um, from the draft and some of the guys from last year that were drafted. So uh, personally, I'm not that worried about it. I think we, we can do enough with the guys we have and the coaching staff we have to get them as a serviceable group. As long as that D-line um, – can do what they need to do. I, I don't think we're going to see any kind of fallback in play w with the DBs, even if we're we're starting a, a second-year guy back. Right. There. No, I I would agree. I would agree with that. Um. So yeah, any other talk issue for the camp, Mike, or should we just wrap her up for this episode? No, and, uh, I think and just wait for some more stuff to develop. I think we're kind of right. We're in that transition here where it's kind of kicking off here hardcore. Um, this week and excited to now start really getting into the grind, probably pushing a couple shows a week here. And, uh, you know, just like the Vikings are ramping up, I'm assuming you and I are now going to start ramping up the content and um, yeah, certainly happy uh, for all the new listeners that are, that are here now. And um, hopefully we continue to, to gain them here as, as we move into into the season. Absolutely, it's uh, it, it's really been been spectacular to see kind of our, our views and our listens just continue to go up and up, and that's that's thanks to all the the Daily Norseman folks that we've partnered with now and um, continued support of the Climbing the Pocket guys. So um, we thank you for listening. We we hope you're we hope we're continuing to earn your ears as we go through this process. And uh, like I said, we're season's just getting started, boys. It's you know just ramping up and a lot of exciting content coming at you here. Absolutely, but that that'll do it. For, that'll do it for us, Scolders, Mike. I'll do it. Twitter, I, I'm at Namak Seven. Uh, Musky underscore Mike. Uh, like I said, you can find us uh, everywhere you where you find your Daily Norseman podcasts: um, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. They're all there. Um, Scolders dot com, climbingthepocket dot com. We're all there. So come check us out. Come interact with us on Twitter. I mean, I I love nothing more than talking Vikings on Twitter. So. I'm sure you feel the same, oh, yeah. Mike. As long as it's and, not uh, about Polden Hill. Well, what if it's about Dan Bailey? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll wrap it up for us. Skull Vikes. Let's get Skull. the phone, baby. <laughs>